out at me as I read this was this incredible realisation that God is always one step ahead of his enemies. He's always, always one step ahead of his enemies. They can never win. They can never win. And as you think about that, how horrifying it will be for them on that day, those who reject Christ, those who are opposed to the things of God, how horrifying for them on the day to realise as they stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of their actions. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? One that we need to preach, one that we need to be reminded of, particularly for those who are holding out and God saying, sorry God, I just don't want you in my life. They need to hear that message. God's one step ahead of them all the time. But see, not only that, in this same passage of Scripture, it also shows that God is always that one step ahead of his own people, his own people as well. We can never lose. Those who oppose Christ, they'll never win. Those who are with Christ, you'll never lose. How reassuring that is. How comforting that is. Hey? How exciting that is for those who belong to Christ. So I guess in view of these things that, that I've just been talking about, thinking about, I want to suggest that there are, there are at least two things that we can learn from this passage in view of what I've just said. Just two things tonight. Firstly, the, the first one is this. God is always that one step ahead of us in his protection and his provision. We've heard a little bit about that tonight. We've heard some of you testify to that. In this scripture that we're looking at tonight, the scripture tells us that after the visit of the Magi, they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. So they returned home via another route. Verse 12 tells us that. And then as it was read to us by Rochelle, let me, I'll probably read most of it again. Uh, it's good to read the scripture and just sort of have that reminder. Then we see this, these, these words in verse 13 of Matthew 2. When they had gone, that's the Magi, when the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And we see a similar thing repeated to Joseph where God again just shows that he is one step ahead all the time. One step ahead of them. When he sends an angel to him again, to Joseph again, this time in verse 19. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. Amazing. We see it again happening. Also in verse 22, look at this. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So it was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. Herod being the murderous brute that he was, in that he was attempting, in verse 16, to kill the infant Christ by putting to death all of the baby boys in Bethlehem who were two years old and under. It's a brutal story. And as Pastor Darrell mentioned this morning, it's not one of the most popular ones to read over Christmas. So this is what Herod was attempting to do, to kill this one who was to be king. This one who, Herod in his insane jealousy, his insane insecurity, whatever it is, just brutality, was trying to kill them. Uh, so he decided he'd wipe out 
the baby boy population which the historians tell us given the population of Bethlehem at that time would have amounted to between 20 and 30 baby boys they weren't in the hundreds like some might think Um, but it doesn't matter how many there were it was too many And, and it was a barbaric act committed by this evil tyrant called Herod but God was one step ahead in all of that and the reality is that in the mystery of God's eternal plan and it is a mystery God's eternal plan is completely un, uh, what's the word, uncomprehendable by us um, we will never understand in this lifetime why terrible things are permitted in some cases and why they're not in others I don't get that I don't pretend to and To be honest with you, when terrible things happen to people that we love and care about, I don't try to give answers to it. That's just me. I don't think it's... It sounds hollow and it sounds superficial to try and say, well, you know, God might just do this. God, you don't have an answer, so just shut up. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's times to be still. There's times not to say anything. That's probably the best way to go, particularly when it comes to a death of a child. Um... So we don't understand why in God's eternal economy, why things are permitted to happen in some cases and why other things don't happen. In my ambulance days, I can still remember going to houses where a little child, a baby, has fallen out of a window and has landed several metres down in a garden bed and is basically unscathed and then go to another house and the baby's died in its sleep. You know, there's just some of these things painful but you and we don't have any answers for that we don't understand why these things happen all we know by faith is that God is in it God is that one step ahead and in this story in this story we still we we see that God is this one step ahead in his protection and his provision by directing Joseph to take his family and flee to Egypt for safety so here we see God working Actively, one step ahead, leading them on in safety, providing for them as he leads them into Egypt. And it's interesting too that there are some commentators and historians, they say that this, that this family going to Egypt was a fairly normal thing to happen for the Israelites back in those days or for the Jews who are under, who are under threat in some way, that they would often seek refuge in Egypt. And in fact, in every city in Egypt, there was always a colony of Jews. And they said that it's been estimated that in the city of Alexandria, for example, uh, there were over a million Jews who had sought refuge there. So I guess when you think about that, um, that being the case then for Joseph and Mary and their little son, they would have been protected, they would have had provision, they would have been looked after for whatever time it was that they needed to be there for. You see, God was one step ahead all the time. And when the time was right, when the time was right for the Lord, he led them back out of Egypt into Nazareth and finally to Galilee, Nazareth and Galilee. Some of you may not know, um, Rosemary, my wife, was, uh, was born in the Nuba Mountains in southern Sudan, uh, northern Sudan actually. It's interesting when I say I've married a Sudanese woman. Some people often look at Rose, don't they, Rose? No, she's getting embarrassed. Um, so Rose was there for about two years, 
She did get to learn to speak Arabic. She did also get to learn to speak the, the, uh, the local dialect. She doesn't speak it now. Um, and I can still remember um, talking to her parents. Oh, the, the lifestyle of Rosemary sort of fascinated me a bit. Rose, Rosemary's parents, Roy and Bev, were both missionaries there. Some of you would have known that for many years in Sudan. And um, I remember sitting down talking to Bev, uh, Rose's mum, who's now with the Lord, um, about the house that they lived in and, uh, and how the roof was made, as you would imagine, of, of thatched grass. And she would often speak about the time that they would look up and they'd see snakes crawling through the grass roof. And Roy had a 22 rifle, so those snakes were often dispatched with the 22. But there would also be occasions when they would somehow, they'd spray the whole inside of the roof with a pesticide, leave it overnight, and then all go to bed sort of thing. And when they'd come back the next morning, quite often the floor would be strewn with dead spiders, scorpions, and all kinds of nasty things that were actually inhabiting the ceiling of this, this house. And you know, the interesting thing is, the amazing thing is that not once did Rosemary or her two other siblings ever get bitten, stung or eaten by any of that wildlife out there in the Nuba Mountains. Not once. And yet it was all around them. You know, God was always that one step ahead of them in his provision and his protection. And I'm sure, again, we've heard some of those tonight. Some of you have got stories like that too. And, you know, even just keeping this story about Sudan, for example, even before arriving in that particular location, God had gone ahead of them. God had already gone ahead of them to provide for them the type of clay that was necessary to make the bricks that the hospital and the church and other buildings would be built. So they actually made the bricks on site, fired the bricks, and built hospital, built the, the, the church and other compound buildings. A lot, thousands upon thousands of bricks were made. God provided all that. God went ahead of Roy Conwell, who decided, yep, this part looks as if where we're going to start building this compound and starting a leprosy work here in Africa. Quite an amazing story, and Roy's written a couple of books on that, and they are floating around the place somewhere. But, you know, there's a great promise um, that God reminded me about some, some years ago when I desperately needed a promise from God like this, and how often... He still brings it back to me and how often I still need that promise and so do you. And, and I've written it down and I've got it sitting on the wall inside my office and, and this promise is about the promise that God gave Joshua through Moses just before, it's almost as if Moses was commissioning Joshua and handed the baton over to Joshua. Moses wasn't going to go into the promised land, God told him he wouldn't. So God gives this promise through Moses to Joshua. These beautiful words comes from Deuteronomy 31 and, and verse 8. And it says this, The Lord himself goes before you. Aren't they fantastic words? That's you and me. That's today. That's you. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I love that promise. I've memorised it. It's on the wall of my office. And I read that quite often because I need it. I don't know about you. There are times I don't mind admitting. There are times I do feel afraid. There are times I do get discouraged. 
And when I read these promises, it just brings me back to that realisation, hey God, I know that you're always there. You're one step ahead of me. You've already gone to where I need to go and you've come back. And it's almost as if you're saying, I've been there, David. It's okay. Follow me. Let's do this. It's exciting to think about God in those terms. He's one step ahead. And dear folks, this, tonight I want to encourage you. You know, we have a God who is always, always that one step ahead of you and me in his protection and his provision. And I know that not always does that seem to make sense to us. But we've got to hang on to his word. He is the shepherd who goes ahead of his sheep. He goes before his sheep. Look at this Psalm 23. When did you last read the 23rd Psalm? I love Psalm 139 too, Warren. But this is a beautiful psalm too and just these first couple of verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Look at verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures and look at this. He leads me, he leads me beside quiet waters. He knows when you need to be led beside quiet waters. He knows what you need, he's one step ahead of you all the time. What a fantastic God. The Apostle Paul also reminds us in Philippians 4 and verse 19. He said, and my God will supply. Sorry, my God will meet all your needs. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Do you see how you arm yourself with these scriptures? You need to know them. Go to looking for them and say, God, thank you. I'm claiming that. You've written that for me. And, you know, as we read this, this story that we've just read, you know, God did this so faithfully with Joseph and Mary in the care of their little son, the infant Lord Jesus, when he led them into Egypt for a season of time and then he led them back to Nazareth again. And I believe today, even today, the Lord is the God who always <clears throat> is that one step ahead of his people as well as his enemies who can never win. And his people, as they follow him, can never lose. And this leads on to the second point that I want to, uh, well, I want to share with you tonight. That not only is God always one step ahead of us, but in this passage we also clearly need to see this point too. We need to see Joseph's response. Joseph's response is of absolute trust and obedience. Yeah, the Lord goes ahead of us. But you and I, we need to respond to that. On every occasion, on each occasion as we read this this particular scripture, Joseph, without hesitation, without questioning, trusted and obeyed God. As the Lord came to him through the angel, Joseph's response was an absolute trust and obedience. Look at this. Verse 14 of Matthew 2. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night. He didn't say, oh, Lord, a bit early. I think I'll just have a bit of a sleep in and I'll think about that tomorrow morning. We see here, Joseph got up and took, his, uh, and took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt right there and then, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Again, verse 21, look at the same kind of thing. So he got up. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went back to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was 
reigning in Judea, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he will be called a Nazarene. So we see this response of Joseph, a response of absolute trust and obedience. Achilles, this other ruler, was uh, one of the sons of Herod. He was also a cruel tyrant like his father. And history has it that this particular king put to death over 3,000 influential people in the whole of the country. Just, they just did stuff like that. Just a tyrant, evil stuff. And it goes on today, of course. But you know, even there, even there, God was one step ahead of him. Even there, God was one step ahead of him. Uh, by the way, he was banished by Augustus, the Roman emperor, to Gaul, where this particular tyrant died as well. You, you can't win when you're against God. You can't lose when you're with God. He's one step ahead all the time. God's always that one step ahead of us. And it's so true. It's so true, though. It won't work in our favour if you or I are unwilling to trust and obey the Lord as he calls us forward to follow him. Yes, he is one step ahead of us. He's a powerful, awesome, sovereign God. But when he puts his hand on you, and you know he's got his hand on you, if you're not trusting him, if you're not obeying him, you can miss out. Um, do you remember the, the words of that old hymn? Um, sort of came to me as I was doing, putting this message together. It says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And it's true. It's so true. I mean, what, what do you suppose could have happened, <clears throat> would have happened, um, if on those three occasions when Joseph was visited by the angel and prompted to take action, what would have happened if he chose not to trust or obey God? What do you think would have happened there? You can be sure of this. You can be sure that God still would have fulfilled all of his promises and he would have fulfilled all the prophecies that this passage reveals and speaks about here. God would have done that. He would have done it. But for Joseph, if he hadn't trusted, if he hadn't obeyed God, who knows what would have happened to him? He certainly would have missed out on being part of the blessing that God had planned for him. Part of the blessing of being instrumental in God's hand, in, in God bringing about the greatest gift the world could ever receive. And that's the salvation of mankind. The salvation of humanity through the Lord Jesus Christ. If Joseph had chosen not to obey, not to act, not to trust God and obey God, he would have missed out on that blessing. And of course, he could have been killed before his time as well. I can remember my father telling me of some of his experiences. My dad used to be a fireman, firefighter in South Australia in Adelaide uh, for some years. And, and um, he tells me this story. I've heard it a few times now. A good story, though, and it's a good illustration. But here was my father one day with a bunch of other guys fighting this burning building. They were inside the building. And they were fighting this fire with the hose, obviously, yeah, doing what they do inside this building. And outside the building was the commander. I don't forget what they called him, but he was the commander of that crew, right? So he's outside and he's watching the big picture. He's out there and he's constantly assessing, knowing where his people have gone, assessing the whole scene. 
And suddenly, without, <clears throat> uh, suddenly he, he, they hear this yell, this enormous yell, get out of there. And without thinking, without hesitating, they dropped the hose and they bolted for the door, the whole lot of them. Left the hose. I don't know how they did that, because you know what a hose does when it... Shh. They dropped it and they bolted for the door. And no sooner had they ran out the door, the whole building collapsed. The roof of the building just collapsed in a heap where they were. Where they were. And you see, in, in, this, in this particular situation, he's the commander. He's one step ahead of them. In that he could read, <clears throat> pardon me, he could read the danger signs. He could see what was going on one step ahead of the firefighters, could read the situation. And because the firemen trusted and obeyed their commander, immediately, they all lived to tell that story. Had they hesitated, they wouldn't be around. I don't think they're alive today. I don't, I'm not sure, actually, but they wouldn't have lived to tell that story if they hadn't obeyed and trusted their commander. Folks, do you know that you're and my great commander, our great commander, is always that one step ahead of you and me in every situation, in every facet of every dimension of our lives. He's always there, one step ahead of us. But here's the thing. Are you trusting him? And are you obeying him with all your heart? Not just when it seems right to you. Not just when it's convenient for you. But are you trusting him with all your heart and obeying him completely, without reservation? Are you there tonight? Let's listen to these scriptures. Trust in the Lord. You can say it with me. Trust in the Lord with? How much of your heart? <clears throat> yeah, all your heart. That's, that's, that's all your heart. That's not 99.9%. .9%. That's all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You need to read these slowly and say, God, speak to me afresh. I can memorise it. I can roll it off my tongue quite easily. But I want to ponder these scriptures and make sure that I'm doing what you're telling me to do here. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he, and he will make your paths straight. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. You cannot possibly work out the mind of the God who created the universe. Don't try to be wise in your own eyes, understanding who God is. That's why we're told to walk by faith and not by sight. You can't work out who God is. You can't, you can't fathom the mysteries of God. That's why we walk by faith. That's why he tells us, don't be wise in your eyes. That's why he tells us, trust me, trust me with all your heart. Joseph is a wonderful example of someone who put this proverb into practice and he lived in the light of this glorious command and promise of God. And again, are we doing likewise? Are we doing likewise in our relationship with the God who is always, always that one step ahead of us? That one step ahead of us. This God who, of whom it is said, he's the one who said this, by the way, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You figure that one out. Revelation 23, 13. That's who he is. He's the beginning and he's the end. 
Yeah, he's one step ahead. In fact, you know what? He's quite a few steps in front because he's the first and he's the last. He's been to eternity and back. He knows how the story ends. So you can trust him. He's a good God. And we can trust him with our life because he already knows where it's all going. And he says, I love you and I've got the best for you. I know the plans I have for you. Trust him, obey him, just like Joseph did in this particular story. Because, once again, as I close, he knows the way. And he knows the way for you in 2015. It's exciting, isn't it? Let's pray. Father, um, we just bless your wonderful name tonight. Thank you for this story that just speaks so powerfully to us, Lord, of, um, of who you really are. And Lord, you're an awesome God and we really can't fathom you, but you've revealed enough of yourself to us for us to just love you, Lord, and bless you and stand in awe of you and worship you and say thank you for being a great God. Thank you for caring about my puny little life. Thank you for caring about me. Thank you for the plans that you've got for me. Thank you that you're interested in where I am. Thank you that you're one step ahead of us in everything that we do, wherever we're going. Lord, we just thank you tonight. And, and Father, this is the last Sunday for 2014. Thanks again, Lord, for your faithfulness over this year. And Lord, with all our heart, we want to say bless you for 2015. Thank you that we can look forward with anticipation because you're the God who goes ahead of us. You're the God who is one step in front all the time, taking care of us, watching over us, providing, protecting. Lord, help us to be people who are faithful to you in our obedience and in our trust. And we just want to commit ourselves to you afresh now. Thanks for this time we've shared together. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen.